Let's all begin. by coming to the same simple practice we've been doing for most of the week. Joining our attention with the breath in a very simple way. As we bring attention to breathing, the more we're able to do that, the fewer unnecessary thoughts we have. The more directly in touch with our life we are. And it can be refreshing. We become refreshed as we learn how to turn to the breath in a consistent way. Enjoying the in-breath and the out-breath. More and more as we let go of preoccupations that are other than breathing, we begin to see the inherent joy of simply breathing consciously. And so it becomes an end in itself. Even though we talk about the breath as a means to develop calmness and concentration, and this evening beginning to suggest how it can be used to develop wisdom as well. Nonetheless, as much as possible, Breathing simply to breathe, simply to enjoy each in-breath and out-breath without being preoccupied with something ahead of us, which amounts to sacrificing the quality of what we're doing for some imagined future gain. And so just breathe simply for a few moments. giving the mind a chance to settle down, collect itself. I'd like to repeat some of the suggestions for paying attention to the breathing in such a way as to develop our powers of discernment. We've done this, some of these, observations already. This will be the third time. You'll see the reason for that, because the better you get at being able to make these discriminations, the more you can use them 
as the field for developing wisdom, for seeing into the nature of things. And so, as was mentioned in samadhi practice, the emphasis is mainly on sticking to an object with as much continuity as possible, not loading the mind down with requirements to see all kinds of details, keeping things very, very simple. And it's the coming back again and again. which tames the mind. And now as the retreat moves into another phase where in addition to the samadhi work, which will be as valuable as ever, we will be encouraging you, especially if and when your mind feels calm enough to do so, to investigate. And that's a little bit different than just sticking to an object. It implies that kind of attention, but it also adds something, which we can call discernment the mind becoming more supple, fluid, pliable. As it kind of looks carefully. Much the way a a naturalist would look at birds. Seeing the many features, the details. Our breath is part of nature. We're part of nature. There's nothing outside of nature. And so, as we have done before, giving the mind a bit of practice to distinguish things and seeing now how long or short the breaths are. What is the extent of a breath? What we're actually experiencing are what you can call breath sensations. Those stirrings in the body, pressures, movements, that come about as the lungs fill up and empty. And actually, if any of you want to go more deeply into anapanasati, full awareness of breathing, the mind can become so sensitive that it experiences the breath throughout the entire body. These sensations can be felt throughout the entire body. There are now machines that verify this. But for right now, a more limited aspiration just to see if it's long or short, deep or shallow breath. And it could be relative to what you know of your own breathing. For example, one person said that they don't feel the breath beyond the chest. Very rarely do they feel it even in the abdomen. Well, then even there, there's a relative long and short. So it's not so much an absolute as you watching the ways of your own breath and relatively seeing when it's long and when it's short, being able to tell the difference.
right off, we can see that we have an in-breath and an out-breath, and that they're not necessarily of the same length, of the same length. They can be, sometimes they are. As I examine my own breathing pattern right at this moment, the in-breath is longer than the out-breath. Feel it flowing more through the right nostril than the left. Just an added incidental observation. I wasn't looking for it. What is your breath behaving like at this moment? Just in terms of length. Getting a bit more familiar with that tendency of breath. allowing the breath to follow its own nature. Let the breath do all the work. Just watch how deeply it goes. This kind of observation appears in the Satipatthana Sutta. It's an early training of mindfulness that the Buddha gave. It in itself can be quite calming. For some people, when when there's a bit of sleepiness or dullness in the mind, giving it that little extra to look at, but not too much. The length isn't that demanding, it's pretty clear. Can sometimes arouse a bit of energy if you need it. Something you might want to remember for the future. If you're not controlling or tampering with the breath, 
it's anything like it's doing anything like what my breath is doing right now. On its own, it seems to be changing. Sometimes it gets longer, sometimes more shallow. Breathing started out with the in-breath longer than the out-breath for me, and now they're about even. Let's use that very basic fact of nature that the depth or shallowness of the breath keeps changing to switch our practice in an instant from one of samatha or calming to one of vipassana or insight. We're now directly studying the law of impermanence, anicca, at work. And we're using this exquisitely delicate instrument of breathing a natural function that is very sensitive to anything that's happening, especially the mind and body. So delicate, so sensitive, that it's sometimes called a yogic thermometer. You can tell a lot from the breath as you get to know it. Begin to examine your breath, the long or the short of it, from the angle of change as you watch. See if mindfulness can help you experience the law of impermanence firsthand, right up front, in your own breathing. Please be careful regarding how you observe the breath. For a number of days now, we've had such a simple relationship to the in-breath and the out-breath. Perhaps not easy, but the requirement was very simple. And now there's a little bit more being asked of us. So please be careful that you don't strain yourself that effort doesn't become struggle. Investigation has to be balanced. The energy has to be a smooth and graceful kind of energy. Or it won't want to do investigating very long. Very delicate looking.
if you're experiencing any change in the breathing. Can you notice any related changes in the body or in the mind that seem to go along with the breath becoming longer or shorter? Again, don't strain for that, just what's pretty obvious. rising and passing away each breath. Take a moment before we move on to another exercise in observing the breath. Any change in your body, any change in the way your mind is? When we compare it to when we first sat, sat down, about a half an hour or so ago. If there's any connection with the change in breathing, <coughs> notice it. No struggle to find any of these, just if it's obvious. Letting go of the breathing in terms of its length now. Moving to another essential aspect of breathing. Looking at the very same in-breaths and out-breaths from a slightly different angle. point of view of feelings, Vedana. If you look at the next few in-breaths, the next few out-breaths, look at them with care and attention, you'll see that a given breath is either pleasant pleasant, enjoyable or it's unpleasant neither pleasant or unpleasant, you have that neutral quality. If 
for the next few minutes. Let's become better acquainted with this aspect of breathing. That the breath keeps changing in terms of how it feels. First, let's get familiar with the feelings themselves. Pleasantness, the neutrality, the unpleasantness. Begin to notice differences in intensity as well. As we did this morning. Breath can be so pleasant that it would be accurate to use the word joy. Very joyful just to breathe. At times, the breath can be when there is a serious blockage of some sort, or the mind is burdened with something, or the body is in a lot of pain. The breath itself can feel as if it's fighting its way in and out of the nose, or you feel it at the chest or at the abdomen. A number of you have mentioned this in interviews. The breath has been a source of pain sometimes rather intense. If you find yourself hesitating, not knowing whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, just let that be neutral. Don't make a problem out of it. It's just your immediate and obvious reaction. What a given breath feels like in this moment. Feelings seem to come of themselves. Just as the breath was sometimes long and sometimes short, it goes through a variety of feelings. whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, and its intensity changes. It's not a fixed thing. 
Can you see that in your own breathing? And if you even see it once, you've just switched into insight work. You've begun to discern a natural law at work. One meaning of Dharma is natural law, the way things are. And in our practice, seeing that things change no matter where we look, no matter what we smell or taste, feel, hear, think. We look at the outside world, the political world, the economic world. We look at history. We look at the universe. It's the same law. It's an ocean of impermanence. Wherever you look, there it is. And we're just looking at the breath. So for the next few minutes, using the quality of feeling of the breath, see if you can notice change within that realm. And once again, just very briefly, seeing if there are any obvious relationship between changes in the feeling, tone of the breathing, and the condition of the body and the condition of the mind. Sometimes it pops right out at you. If it doesn't, let it pass.
Don't work at it. For example, one that if you don't feel now, at some point you will, as you continue to practice. One pattern is the breath becoming deeper. As it becomes deeper, it becomes more fine, more subtle can become like satin or silk as it passes in and out of the nostrils and as you feel it through the body. Very pleasant. And you can feel it affect the body. The body becomes a bit more relaxed as the breath becomes more peaceful the body becomes more peaceful. Moreover, so does the mind. This relationship has probably happened to you already. I'm just making it a bit explicit. And let's move on to another way This evening is just a few assorted exercises, stretching the mind a bit, giving it some ideas as to how it can investigate and develop wisdom really on anything. Tonight we're just using the breathing because we've been with it for a number of days and it's very close at hand, always going on. One way in which the Buddha referred to the world was that it was that that was constantly arising and passing away, whether on a microscopic level or whole galaxies. There's this rhythm of arising and passing away. The tides come in, the tides go out, day and night. Seasons change. We're born, we grow old, we die. We rest and then we're active. Look at the breath now in a very soft, broad, open way. If you can, let go of your observation posts, some of you I know are stationed down at the abdomen. You've gotten really wedded to it. Some have pitched tent at the chest and others are, have made a little home for yourself at the nose. For the moment, let that all go. It's just more conditioning really, spiritual conditioning. And just bring, bring an open and innocent broad, soft attitude to the breathing. You can go to the nostrils because the air, of course, is coming in and out there. But don't, it's not a pinpointed kind of attention, but rather an openness to the rhythm of the breathing and just feel the arising and the passing away, the coming and the going of the breath. Just an overall, well, comprehensive sense of the breathing in the whole body. Feel that rhythm. Air comes in and fills up the lungs to some degree, and then the lungs empty. And then they fill up again, and then they empty. Just feel that rhythm in as open and simple way as you can. 
not having to be any place in particular, but just an overall sense of breathing happening right now. experience that filling up and emptying, that coming and going. Allow that rhythm to be felt, to be experienced. Sometimes it can affect the heart very deeply. This very simple and basic rhythm. Feeling the breath wherever you feel it. Become one with that rhythm. Surrender to it. Let it work on you. We're all nature. It's not even really correct to say a part of nature. We were never separated. Where could we go to get out of nature? And as you stay attuned, just this very simple and basic rhythm Let me make a few more suggestions. Perhaps some of what I'm about to say you have seen in your own practice. If not, perhaps tomorrow or a hundred tomorrows from now you'll see it. There are other ways in which panya or wisdom emerges from simply observing the breath. very obvious one 
which many of you have already done in other practices, is, is to track a breath, to trace it and see it from its beginning to its middle to its end. And so you see an instance of arising and passing away, rise and fall. In the teachings of the Buddha, nothing is independent, nothing has an autonomy to it, but rather what we see are dependent arisings, arisings of different events based on conditions and causes. If you ever examine that aspect of the teaching, it's the obvious fact that you have an in-breath and an out-breath. They're related to each other. You wouldn't want to go through life just with one in-breath that lasted forever. You couldn't. Nor could you just breathe out. We need both. They work together. You can't understand them without each other. The whole universe is like that. It's interrelated. And if you began to see how the breath influenced the mind or how the breath influenced the body, perhaps you saw it the other way. Very common for those of us who are breath watchers. Sometimes the breath will assume a very harmonious and beautiful rhythm. And you can just be sitting and be so happy, just sitting quietly and breathing. And suddenly some thought, perhaps pride or ambition about getting even more of this, or suddenly a moment's anger can just be a few thoughts. That energy in the mind affects the breath and suddenly it becomes very short and choppy and unpleasant and a whole mood disintegrates. You can even feel the body tighten up in certain places. As you get quieter and quieter, all these things come to you. You begin to see that because of this you get that. Know this, know that. It's all interrelated in a network of mutual causes and effects. Right now we're looking mainly at the breath and so we're seeing it from that point of view. And finally, something we'll talk more about this evening, in a way the most profound and the most difficult thing to see using the breathing is the emptiness of it all. Emptiness here, meaning empty of self. Although it's very clear that breathing is happening for all of us, is there really a breather? Can you find a breather? Perhaps your answer is yes, I'm breathing. Sometimes all that is is the thought I. More and more you begin to see the breath as something part of nature and personal which you don't own, neither does anyone else own it. It belongs to anyone, it belongs to nature. 
and it's just happening. We're being breathed. And there's no one there, nothing solid, enduring, ongoing, to which the breathing is happening. To whom the in-breath is happening or the out-breath. Moreover, while you're following the breath, other things are happening and they're empty too. It's just a total and beautiful way to come to see emptiness. Thoughts and sensations, images, sounds, you tell me. Just as the breath is coming and going, so is the context within which we're observing also a field of constant change. Who's this all happening to? I'll leave you with that question. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.